Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Krupp. And good morning, everybody. Great to be with you on a uh, changing day, weather-wise, anyway. Looks like we're going to have a little bit of rain come through. That's a good thing. It's been great weather. It's time for a little more of that wet stuff to put a little of that white stuff up in the mountains. And it looks like it's going to happen before we have to leave for Thanksgiving. Ain't that great? Are you grateful? No, I mean it. Are you truly grateful to live in this great nation that has plenty of challenges, but still is the greatest nation in the world? Aren't you? I am. Lots to talk about today. 503-589-1220 is the Power of Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. 503-589-1220. Emails to Jeff at 1220.am or Jeff at KSLM.news. Um, isn't it interesting that there is this bill that was passed in the U.S. Senate? It's a House bill that had already passed the House. And it's going to create lasting damage to your rights to believe what you believe. And 12 Republican senators voted for it. It's called the Respect for Marriage Act. There's a piece, well, actually there's two pieces in the Federalist about this today. The first one is John Day, Daniel Davidson says, and this is the headline, the Respect for Marriage Act is an exercise in tyranny and everyone knows it. The subheadline is the 12 Republicans who voted to advance the bill in the Senate last week are gaslighting the American public about its real purpose. Now, we'll talk about that because this has huge, huge unintended consequences. Now, Kate Brown, in talking about local politics, decided to pardon 45,000 Oregonians convicted on marijuana charges. So people, these are, this removes 47,000 convictions for possession of one ounce or less of marijuana. These are all pre-2016 cases in which the individual was 21 years of age or older. And it only applies to marijuana possession as the sole charge and no victims were reported. It doesn't apply to any other offense related to marijuana and other controlled substances. Was that the right thing to do? What if, you know, um, say a doctor is, an abortion doctor, 
decides to kill a baby after it has been born. You know, like the left is proposing. Down in California, and as the former governor of Virginia said, would, would be okay. What happens if that abortion doctor gets convicted of murder? Because the baby's born and then the doctor kills it. And then all of a sudden, the legislature passes a law that says, well, in Oregon, that's not really a crime. Are you going to pardon that doctor who murdered a baby after it had been born under the concept and definition of law is a human being and was convicted? But now because you changed the law, no longer an issue because the law changed. That's the logic behind Kate Brown's decision. But you're saying, well, but they're not the same things. No, they're not. The life of that baby is far more important than anything else. Wouldn't you agree? But marijuana is not a big deal. It's a victimless crime. Is it? It has long been seen as a gateway to harder drugs. And now we, of course, the people have decriminalized meth, heroin, you know, small amounts. Wonder why there's so much homelessness in Oregon? Most of those people are, in fact, drug addicted. Now, the Biden administration has decided that they're going to fight Senate Republicans and 13 Democrats who voted to put an end to the notion that COVID is an emergency in Senate Joyce Resolution 63 which is intended to put an end to the national emergency declared by Trump on March 13th, 2020. Now, Kate Brown has a different view. She's continuing to tell healthcare workers they can't help with the shortage of nurses if they choose not to vaccinate or qualify for an exemption. Senate Bill 1529, carried by Senator Deb Patterson, passed on partisan lines against overwhelming opposition concerned with unfettered powers given to the health authority, Oregon Health Authority. Whenever an emergency is declared or to declare an emergency with the governor's approval, this bill allows the public health director to direct and deploy state emergency registry of volunteers as a database of healthcare professionals volunteering their services, including those licensed in other states that can practice in Oregon upon the declaration of an emergency. 
What this does, very simply, Kate Brown declares that basically we still have an, a COVID emergency. Now, here's what you can ask somebody at, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. If the U.S. Senate just declared in a bipartisan manner that the COVID emergency is over, why is Kate Brown continuing that emergency with another executive order? You could ask that question. Might stimulate some thoughts, you think? The Northwest Observer story, you can read it at northwestobserver.com. By the way, speaking of Kate Brown's executive orders, 14 local governments sued the state of Oregon to block her implementation of her executive order on climate. These rules are not workable for many communities is the subheadline. This is a Willamette Week story. Now, what's the significance of it? Well, 13 Oregon cities and Marion County sued the state of Oregon over new land use laws adopted by the Oregon Department of Land Conservation. The rules apply to what the state calls climate-friendly and equitable communities, and it comes from Kate's Executive Order 2004. Now, Brown issued the order, that was clear back on March 10th, 2020, after Republican lawmakers walked out and shut down the bill called cap and trade. They want to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by at least 75% below 1990 levels by 2050. And of course, Kate ordered a laundry list of state agencies to expedite new policies. So how does this affect you? Well, here's how it might affect somebody like, say, the city of Cornelius. First of all, and this doesn't matter so much to the people you'll be talking to because it's trying to connect the dots and it's inside baseball. The, the plaintiffs allege that LCDC, the Land Conservation Development Commission, which oversees Department of Land Conservation Development, that it didn't have the authority. Why? Because they didn't follow due process when crafting the rules. Oopsies. That isn't what matters to people. What matters is how it affects people. Now, this lawsuit is trying to get the Oregon Court of Appeals to put a stay on these actions and so forth. Here's how it affects people. Restrictions on parking capacity in new developments will create safety risks and have inequitable results, the lawsuit says, as parking becomes increasingly hard to find, particularly for lower income individuals living in multifamily dwellings. Exasperating the parking crisis will make it harder for these community to cultivate safe residential environments. It's all meant, as you read through the story, to discourage the use of motor vehicles. 
And it's counterproductive because many communities lack efficient public transit and many workers, considering those earning low incomes, have to use fossil fuel powered vehicles to get to work. It will drive development to suburbs around medium sized and small cities, increasing vehicle miles traveled and emissions. They use the example of Cornelius. Cornelius, as you know, is outside of the Portland metro area. They have a single bus line. And it's completely insufficient if residents have to be forced to use it. Why would they be forced to use it? But let's say you're building a new apartment complex. And these new rules make it all, I mean, really limit parking. That means people who live there have to take public transportation. What happens if you don't have public transportation? What happens if you're a city like Cornelius where the major, it's a majority minority city? People of color outnumber white residents. These guidelines are impractical. So what Kate Brown is doing with her executive order is hurting minority communities. Let me say that again. Maybe you might want to use this as a topic of discussion. Kate Brown's new executive order hurts minority communities. Hmm. Talk about unintended consequence. Back in a moment, it is 620. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. Great to have you with us. Um, Dwight writes an email about uh, Biden agrees to the U.S. paying for climate cost reparations. Yep. That's going to happen, folks. You and I get to pay all of these, you know, countries, developing countries that are polluting the atmosphere with coal. We get to pay them money because we're the problem. I don't think so. 503-589-1220 is that Power Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to Jeff at 1220.am. What if a church, religious colleges, universities, could lose their tax-exempt status? because they hold to their faith-based teachings of traditional marriage. What happens if, because of this new law, which by the way, there's still an opportunity to stop it, 
this new law passed by the House and now by the Senate with 12 Republican senators helping, the Respect for Marriage Act. What happens if it creates the opportunity for the U.S. Department of Justice and the federal bureaucracy, the deep state, to come after pastors, come after religious institutions like colleges and universities who teach that marriage is a lifetime commitment between one man and one woman. You see, this quite literally, Catholic universities and, and colleges especially could face ruinous lawsuits and the loss of federal funding if the bill signed into law. Now I'll get to a little bit more of this because this is this is another topic. So this new law that gets passed that codifies gay marriage as the US Supreme Court, what if it if the so-called religious protections that were added, which are not religious protections at all, what happens if they really, really don't work? What happens if it allows the you know, the same Merrick Garland who is going after another witch hunt on Donald Trump, which allows him to go after your college, your university. You see, this creates a private right to sue. Not like any LGBTQ person would go after, say, a baker in Malala or in Colorado. There's another Federalist story about this all. Not that that would happen. So why is it that Republicans who have, who have previously, like Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, who was 10 years ago Speaker of the State House in North Carolina, who supported a constitutional amendment to ban same-sex marriage in his state. Why would he think now that the anemic amendments that he and other GOP senators offered to the bill would advance religious freedom and age well? Really, those are quotes from him, by the way. All the Republicans voted to advance the bill last week, the story says, issued some version of the nonsense Sullivan and Tillis spouted. None of them believe a word of it. They just hope you buy it. But you don't have to, because Roger Severino of the Heritage Foundation walked through these specious claims one by one. Now, we talked a little bit about this last week. I had it on the show it won't provide religious institutions with any meaningful protections. Yes, 
it will be used as a basis for the IRS to deny tax-exempt status to religious organizations that don't toe the line on gay marriage. It would be used to deny grants, licenses, and contracts. No, the weak language preserving the Religious Freedom Restoration Act is not enough to prevent harm to religious liberty and on. Now, we'll get to more of this as we go along here, folks. i got to remind you, mypowerhonda.com is the place you can go to find a great new or a used car. Power Honda is one of these great advertisers that we appreciate so much on this radio station and on this show. Thank you for sponsoring it. If you're looking for a new or used car, go to mypowerhonda.com. Mypowerhonda.com. So what would it mean if this mentality by these Republican senators is carried over to the next level because that's where it's going and you know it. If they can vote to create a private right to sue over a Catholic college or university or any religious university, maybe Liberty University back in Virginia, continuing to teach that marriage is one man, one woman for a lifetime, the traditional definition of marriage, if they now can be sued by anyone who says you're not teaching the politically correct. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We're back. Great to have you with us. It is 24 minutes before the top of the hour. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Hey, sorry about the, um, apparently my headset was malfunctioning for the moment. As we went to break, I kept on talking when I should have been done. At any rate, uh, we are back. It is um, Thanksgiving week. Your opportunity to have important conversations with people in your world about political things. Important conversations that are not meant to argue or create debate but rather to create thinking. Because frankly, people are not thinking about some of these incredibly important issues. Just think about this. What happens if left-wing activists and say some Democrats think that say a Catholic college that refused to allow a same-sex married couple to live in a college-owned graduate student housing, that they might be subject to all kinds of litigation, which is what this law will create. Such a college might lose its nonprofit status. Their students might lose eligibility for federal financial aid, and their faculty might lose eligibility from research grants from government agencies. 
What do you think the reaction of the Democrats and the left-wing activists would be? It would be what they have said on social media already. They would say, good, let them face ruinous litigation. Let them lose funding. Ghettoize them, crush them, grind their institutions into dust. They deserve it. They're bigots. You think that's not going to happen? You're wrong. And the second worst U.S. senator from Alaska, Dan Sullivan, voted for this, along with the worst senator from Alaska, Lisa Murkowski. He once supported a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage in 2014. And he stood up and said, the Respect for Marriage Act makes important advances to religious liberty. Really? Creating a private right of action to sue. Every one of these claims, the Heritage Foundation literally fact-checked. This is a great piece by Roger Severino. I'm going to have it up on the show plan because I want you to read it. Because, folks, they are not... They are not going to stop here. If you think they are, you are wrong. They will never stop until they have destroyed everything. Look at what it just did to the guy, Jack Phillips, the wedding cake baker in Colorado. You see, what they're trying to do here is turn guys like him or Catholic universities into racists. Why? Because of the Loving versus Virginia U.S. Supreme Court ruling in 1967 that struck down a state, Virginia's ban on interracial marriage. What they're trying to do, and this was a, the right decision, by the way, in my opinion, They're trying to equate the left, the radical left, marriage between a man and a woman and anyone who still proposes that. They're, they're trying to make it into that it is racist. They're trying to tie it to this 1967 U.S. Supreme Court decision. But this Supreme Court decision, which struck a blow against racial discrimination, did not alter the nationwide consensus that marriage is a union of one man, one woman. Now, any photographer any wedding cake baker who doesn't adhere to this is now going to be sued like Jack Phillips from Colorado. Remember, he's the guy who won in 2018 a U.S. Supreme Court 
ruling saying that basically he could have his viewpoint and he could refuse to serve someone if it was a matter of personal conscience. This bill just passed by 12 Republican senators who think they've put some protections in there doesn't protect anything because it creates the private right to sue. And if you don't think that ain't going to happen, then you need to go back and read the story of Jack Phillips. You need to go back and read how the bureaucracy of Oregon find the baking, the cake, wedding cake baking couple in Malala, $130,000 because they refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple based on their conscience. If you don't think this isn't going to happen, you simply are not relevantly paying attention to what has already been happening. The complete dismantling of everything that is traditional and God or biblically based is where this is headed, folks. It's not just this issue that would affect religious institutions like universities, colleges. It is going to be extended everywhere, and they're not going to stop. They eventually will come after, I've been saying it for years, your pastor or imam or rabbi preaching anything homosexuality, doesn't matter, gay marriage, saying, preaching anything against it. They're coming, they're going to come after them. They're going to create that, you wait, the private right to sue based on federal law because it will be termed hate speech. They're already saying it, folks. And then next will be you and they're already saying this because we've talked about it. you getting sued by some activist organization because you don't agree to call your child by some other non-gender name. You as a parent or a grandparent, you could be sued now by that child, by anybody else. Because you choose to call your grandson or your son a boy when he has been brainwashed by the public school system and the teachers union that you can be considering yourself to be binary or transgender. And then the state can come in and take away your children. Outrageous, not going to happen. It's already happened in Oregon. What are you talking about? We've talked about that. You don't believe it? This is the dangerousness of where these politicians at all levels choose to make bad decisions 
that destroy your rights and your freedom. Is it not your right as a parent to say those things? Is it not your First Amendment right as a pastor or a rabbi to preach God's word and God's principles from the pulpit? Is it not? The danger is politicians like this who will make these bad decisions. That's the danger to your liberty, to my liberty, to the future of this great republic. Let's go to the phones, 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC. Let's go to Art. Hey, Jeff. The battle, good over evil. And we all know that the good old left wants to destroy Christianity, uh, wants to you know, further their woke and their ill-gotten ideas, and we as Christians must continue to fight. To fight. Obviously, this law, uh, once it gets up to the Supreme Court, like it has many, many times, well, it will. God willing, be uh, just, uh, you know, said, no, you can't do it. It's against the First Amendment. Uh, but if anybody thinks that the left is going to not continue to destroy Christianity uh, because they are evil, uh, you got another thing coming. We just got to put our feet. God and continue uh, the battle for our rights. I mean, the first time they try to do this, it'll go to the Supreme Court. Hopefully they'll strike it down. Otherwise, you know, we may have that civil war that we always talk about, uh, you know, in the United States because true Christians are not going to allow this to happen. Well said. You're right. Back in a moment. Take care. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Ten minutes till the top of the hour. By the way, tonight's the political coffee clatch at the Honky Tonk Bar Grill at 6 o'clock. Come and join me and Mark Thielman. He's going to be there to talk about his latest lawsuit, and what it really means, and what they're trying to achieve. And a lot of the details of it that you would not have had time to have heard when he was on this show last week. So tonight's the political coffee clatch. Come join us at 6 o'clock. Honky Tonk Bar and Grill, right next to the Salem Airport on McGill Crest. Oh, by the way, you know the next kicker check in 2024? It's going to be about $1,700 per taxpayer. $3.7 billion. $1,700 a taxpayer. Already? Democrats at a committee meeting are asking questions about suspending that kicker. Why? Because they've grown government too big. 
it can't be sustained. Oh, and they probably don't want to talk about the $6 billion we now have in cash reserves. Now they want to come for your kicker. Lee writes an interesting email. The problem is defining who is the master, the government or God, when talking about this entire issue. Government or God? Good point. Oh, and there is a way to stop this thing. This bill that the Senate passed has to be voted on again, both in the House and the Senate. There is a way to stop it. Get to that in a moment. I got to go to Conrad. Conrad, good morning. You uh, held on through the break. Thank you. Good morning, Jeff. Um, thank you for. I got to change my phone here. <laughs> I got it on speaker. There we go. Thank you. Um, yeah, as usual, a great program. You know, this just really shows me how infiltrated our governments, our universities, big business, uh, you know, all these things, they're infiltrated with people that are working in favor of Marxism. Now, whether they individually know that or not, I don't know, but I think a lot of them probably do. And your idea of, you know, winning a person over to conservative uh, thinking and constitutional thinking one person at a time, it really works because recently I all of a sudden realized that I have, you know, like five or six people that I've been talking with and some of them are outright Democrats and they're proud they're voted, but I'm going to drop the bomb on them that, hey, your grandson, do you want him to be transgendered via the school system? Do you want him to be considered uh, a racist because he's white or Asian, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, there are ways to get people thinking and that's what they're not doing right now. They're not thinking, they're just, they're going along. And, you know, they need personal attention to get them to think about stuff. And so- You're right, you're right. Anyway, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity here in spite of the growing darkness. Um, you know, somebody earlier said something about knocking out Christianity, and I say, good luck. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to tell you, you're right, Conrad, because this is at least in part the legacy of Donald Trump. Him being elected and putting three members on the U.S. Supreme Court and almost nearly 300 federal judges... Yeah, is going to be the way that we preserve uh, not only our liberty, but our views of traditional marriage, our views yes. of what really is liberty. They have to stand up and do the right well, thing. Well, see, there, I, I think so many of these groups are so insecure in their beliefs. I mean, I think deep down inside they realize that they're they're just ridiculous in what they're thinking and saying that they have to shut us down because we aren't agreeing with them and we're not going to go along with it, you know, and they right. can't stand and that we can't. freedom. 
We can't. And in the fact that the proponents of this bill have tried to uh, say it's it's necessary to protect interracial marriage is is absurd. Fifty five years right. after the Supreme Court decision, Conrad, no legislative body anywhere in America is talking about banning interracial marriage. That's yeah, it's so ridiculous here. It is. And these Republicans have bought the lie that there were some amendments. Thank you, Conrad. Folks, here's how we stop this. And you can play a part in it. You see, they need 60 votes to break a filibuster to stop this thing. Even though 12, folks, if if three Republican senators, just three, decide because of public pressure that they get over the weekend, because they're gonna come back on the 28th and vote to break the filibuster. If three of the 12 who voted for this change their mind and say, no, we're not going to, to break the filibuster, then we stop it, at least temporarily. This is where you can come in. Now, the list of Republicans, senators who voted for this abomination is at the Heritage Foundation. And you can go, this is the fact check seven claims. And you can read through this right at the top. You click on 12 Republicans is highlighted in the first sentence. And I will have this on the show plan. Go to kslm.news, click on local podcast, click on political coffee, click on today's show, and you will see this. You can call or email each of these senators. I suggest you do them individually. I suggest you write something shortly in your own mind. And even though they're going to come back at you and say, or you can call them, say, well, you're not one of our constituents. Yeah, but your vote is going to impact me. This is an abomination and it won't stop here. It won't satisfy the left. You have to make that argument. Julie writes an email, Catholic Church. The left has been after the church for years. Anti-Catholic sentiment is alive and well in Oregon. First, it was parochial schools, then abortion, now gay marriage. The LDS church has accepted gay marriage. Yes, they did. They came out in favor of this thing. And Mitt Romney voted for it. Many bishops have contributed to this by not excommunicating politicians to support positions such as abortion. Top of the list, that good pro-abortion Catholic Joe Biden. Thank you, Julie. Dale writes an email about the ballot measure passed by the state of Portland, not the state of Oregon. You know, the walkout killer bill. Republicans can still walk out, can't they? They just can't run for re-election. They can't hold public office if they get more than 10. I think that's unfortunate. I'm back tomorrow. I hope you are, too. Ponder these things. See you then.